Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Hello, folks. This is Ruben Dua from the Dub Podcast Connection Loop, and I'm so excited to have with me Scott Brandley. We we are going to go through something that that I hold near and dear to me, which is this the idea of social proof, reviews, um, having other people talk about us instead of having us talk about ourselves. And I think there's some power in that. And we're going to talk to the experts. So. Scott, if you could start with a short bio and kind of walk us through the sort of origin story synthesis of, of what you're up to. Sure. So I've been doing stuff on the internet since 1997, okay. um, which is a long time in the internet world. Um, started out selling actual products online. Um, back then, there wasn't a shopping cart really that existed. So we created a web page with six drawings of t-shirts and a phone number at the bottom of the page. Okay. So uh, it evolved from that point. We, um, we, we finally got a shopping cart and started selling t-shirts apparel, but that was, that was a business that we didn't really love. It was just, there's a lot of work involved in it. And so we, we made the shift over to software in 2004 in 2006, we launched a website security company called TrustGuard, which we still run today, um, that scans websites for hackers, make sure that you know people are safe when they buy online. And then in 2000 and, um, 2009, I approached my dad, who was my business partner, and some of our employees about this idea I had to, to um, collect ratings and reviews like Amazon did, but for other websites. Because I saw an opportunity there, and they all shut me down. They thought it was a horrible idea. So, um, and why? But is eventually, that? what? Why is that? I think they're just afraid of change, doing something different. You know, like some people just their personalities don't 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 allow for for taking risks and things like that, right? But I've never been that kind of person, so. I, I kept the idea for a year and then my dad and I, we were just butting heads every day. We had different visions of, you know, what we wanted to do. And so I basically told him, look, I'm going to walk away from our business unless I can build my own project. And so at that point he relented and I built shopper approved. So we launched it in 2010 and um, in 2000 and, 17 2016 we made the ink 500 the first time and in 2017 we made it again and that was with no outside funding no venture capital uh, that was just bootstrapped hard work and a great idea okay so, so the, this is the the, the famous ink 5000 list well, there's Inc. 5000, but then there's Inc. 500. So the top 500 of the 5000 make the Inc. 500. Okay. So and we were one of the 500 fastest growing um, privately held companies in America two years in a row. And then what is what are the uh, the metrics to to gauge that to win that? What 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 does it cause? Like so it's based on growth. So they take your first year growth, and then 
they take the next three years of growth and they, well, actually the fourth year. So they take the fourth year of growth and they divide it by the, by the amount of growth you had in the first year to determine the ratio or the percentage of growth over that period of time. And every business is, you know, calculated based on that percentage. So it's almost like how, how big is this snowball getting, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. What's the velocity of your, of the growth that you're, that you're experiencing. So how'd you do it? So, what, what walk us through it here. Inbound, outbound combination. What does this look like? So when we first started, um, it was just, it was me, um, and my, so my dad and I were business partners, but when we started building Shopper Approved, I brought on another partner. So it was me and him and one programmer. That's what it started out as. Mm. And then, um, you know, we started to try to market it traditionally, like with, with paid ads and SEO and that kind of thing. And that, you know, I mean, we had a slow growth. But it didn't really take off until we started doing, we started a, a basically an outbound call center. And that was a huge, that was, that was so far out of my, my comfort zone. Cause I'm, you know, I just never done anything like that before. And um, we brought on this amazing salesperson and she just rocked it. And she, she brought on some other salespeople and, and it just hockey sticked and, that was kind of our secret sauce at the time, mm. the outbound sales. And and what year was this? Um, that was between 2014 and 2017-ish, yep. somewhere in there. Okay, so now I think the $100 million question is, is how have things changed now with respect to outbound, with respect to cold calling and cold emailing? The world's changed. It's a different place. You know, we've gone through so much. There was the pandemic and there was the you know, inundation of technology. Our, our, our inboxes are, are jam-packed, more LinkedIn messages, more emails, everything. What, what's the state of the union now? How have you been able to adjust and pivot and sort of adapt to, to our, new, our new world? So we still do outbound calls, but, um, you know, we've looked for other ways that we can that we can make a difference. Because I'm sure you, I'm sure you have the same problem as I do. I get so many emails every day, and they all just look exactly the same. Yeah. And I, I don't even read most of them now. I just kind of scan the title and then just delete. Right. Right. So, actually, that's one of the reasons why I signed up for Dub, <laughs> just because I saw that it was different. You know, it it made a difference and. This is this is actually a, I mean, a tribute to your insight. Um, I know that you're you're not asking for it, but something that that I've noticed is when I get an email from somebody that says, "Hey, I made a personal video for you." Yeah, I actually open it because I'm just curious to what they what they have to say, yeah. um, and at least I'll watch the video, right? Because it happens so rarely, but and it's so different than than normal emails. Um, I got to tell you a really funny story. I got this one and this guy said, Hey, I made this personal video for you. And I clicked it and it was just a form video. It was, it had nothing to do with me. Right. It's just a, a, a regular video. Oh, that's what we call and I, impersonal videos. <laughs> right, right. So I wrote the guy back. I'm like, you lied to me. I'm never going to do business with your company. Don't contact me again. 
Like I was so mad that he that he did that. So, but when people actually do it, it's the complete opposite effect, right? When somebody takes the time to to do something personal or different, whether it's a video or or something else, right? Um, like um, something that we've done is we've created um, these reports where we actually do kind of a snapshot of a company's reputation online. And we'll send that to them and that opens doors, right? Because whatever you can do to, to do something that people aren't expecting, other, you know, like regular emails just aren't enough. You got to do something to stand out for sure. Well, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that, um, you know, this idea of bringing the human connection back to sales and, and, and really, really business, this is what I've dedicated my life to. And it just feels natural to me. You know, it feels like this is the right thing to do because there's a, there's a tremendous amount of value out there. I mean, you're, you're a great entrepreneur and you persevered and you found a, a product market fit and, uh, you know, you did it, you put in the time, you made the investments and, and here you are now. And, uh, that's a lot of value. And, and that inspires me every single day to say, how can I help? How can I help you? How can I help Scott and his team to go and, and make connections and provide value and then have everyone benefit? Because that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's all about mutual benefit, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we're, at, we're at the place now where it's, it's sort of hard to exist as a narcissist and as a selfish person in business because you're probably going to get some bad reviews. You're probably going to get some bad worth amount. And at some point you're going to get frustrated because no one's calling you and you have zero referrals. So right. whether you're, you're an altruist and you're providing value because it's the right thing to do, or because, you know, it's just good for business. Maybe it doesn't matter because eventually we're going to get to a positive place. You know, some are, some have different reasons to get there. Um, but I wanted to give you a shout out for, for always, you know, reminding us that it's important to keep that human connection there. You know, I would love to have that as a, as a, as a segue to, um, to reviews. And, you know, I always say it's not what we say, it's what other people say about us. I'd love to get your take on the, the state of the union when it comes to social proof and reviews and, and what we need to know as, as businesses. Sure. So, I mean, more than ever, you know, ratings and reviews are, are incredibly important. Um, they're one of them. They're one of the top, if not the top, most influential decision-making tools that a consumer uses when they buy a product. And so, I mean, as a business, it's it's just table stakes at this point. I mean, you have to have them, right? Um, and there's two different. There's actually three different types of reviews that you can collect online. There's something called seller ratings. And that's the term Google uses, which is basically merchant reviews. So it's reviews about your company in general. You know, how how um, did a customer enjoy having that experience with your brand? The second type of reviews is product reviews. And um, those are a little bit further down the sales funnel, right? So you've got the seller rings, you know, is this comp? can I trust the company, right? Then as they move down that funnel, they get to that product level. Well, can I trust the product, right? Is what do other people have to say about it? And then the third type of review is a video review, which kind of goes down your alley as right with dub. So, and those are harder to come by, but they're also incredibly valuable because if you can have your customer, like you said, at the beginning of this podcast, have your customers say good things about you instead of you trying to say how good you are, 
that makes all the difference in the world, right? And especially when it's when it's your products. So whatever you can do to collect really all three of those types of, of social proof in the form of reviews can only help your business and your online reputation. But you really need a strategy to collect all three. And you have to take an active role in that process. If you don't, then the internet will do it for you. And it, it's usually a disaster because, you know, what what typically happens online is there's these, there's two kinds of review companies too. There's verified review companies where as a business, you hire us and we collect reviews from your clients that buy. On the other hand, there's open review platforms where anyone can leave a review about your company and you really don't have a choice. And so what happens is these open review platforms, if you don't manage them, they become complaint boards basically. And over time, angry people are way more likely to leave a review than a happy person, unless you ask them proactively to leave one. So your reputation on these sites typically becomes bad and that affects your online reputation. Mm -hmm. So you really have to take a proactive approach in your, you know, in your review strategies and, and process. Yeah, that's, that's such good insight. You know, I mean, my, my friend, Robert Monaco, um, Roberto Monaco, he, he says, um, you know, if we don't, um, if we don't say things about ourselves, or if we don't allow people to say things about ourselves then other people are going to do it for us. And, mm -hmm. and there's this idea where if we don't enable people and encourage them to leave reviews when they had a positive experience, we're being remiss, you know, we're being remiss. And we, we took this so far that we, we have this thing where anytime we get some sort of a, a positive remark from someone, we have a whole process. We have a whole, there's a board in, in Asana. Um, there's, there's like seven steps that we do. We send them an email. We send them a, we give them a phone call. We meet them in zoom. We love to understand what was positive. What, what did you enjoy about this experience? Because we want to invest into that. And then the most honest thing that I can say here is that we've also set up a system when there's negative feedback, which doesn't happen too often, but I have to be hundred percent honest as always. And I have to say that sometimes when stuff happens, when someone says, Hey, I want to cancel, I, I haven't enjoyed this at all. You know, we have to say, okay, well, what's up? Why, what, what happened? And then we meet with them and they say, well, actually I haven't used it for a year. And then we say, okay, well, that's cool. We're, we're going to hook you up. Don't worry. We'll take care of you. But at the same time, you know, let's take some accountability and figure out, well, how can we now encourage you to use our software? How can we inspire you? So it's this constant feedback loop that I think we're working through. And I would love to ask you this question, you know, how can you recommend that, um, that business leaders take feedback, positive and negative, and that turn that into the product that everyone wants, the experience that, that everyone wants? Yeah, great question. So um, what we do, we actually have a, a unique two-step review process. So we collect, as soon as somebody buys from a website, we pop up what we call an initial survey. And that really allows us to collect feedback on the checkout process, because sometimes people, especially businesses, you don't go and check your checkout process. Mm -hmm. You don't go and, and review your product pages. Right? So if there's something wrong, or if you have the wrong information on a page or, or whatever, there's something wrong with your checkout, that's the best way to, 
to fix those things quickly, get that, init that initial feedback right away. Um, we also collect something we call buyer intent on that initial checkout. So why did you buy this product, right? Other people want to know that because they want to, they want feedback from other people to see why they're buying. It's, it's that whole social proof idea, right? So we collect that and we display that. So we let people know why other people bought that product. And then once they get the product, we send them what we call the full survey. And they can, we ask them more questions on that survey, obviously. But we ask them, you know, were you happy with the product that you purchased? Were you happy with the shipping time? Um, were you happy with the customer support? Would you rec recommend this product to a friend? So we collect these key pieces of information that also allow the business to get that valuable feedback so that they can improve their process. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just about helping the customer. It's actually helping your business too and, and collecting that feedback so you can create a better experience as you go, right? That continual improvement in your brand. Mm. Now, here's here's a question for you. I recently played, I was with playing a, a game with my son tic-tac-toe okay. and there was a there was an app that had a bunch of games and we started to use this app and i noticed that there was a setting for you know beginner mode intermediate mode or advanced mode and i said hey what does advanced mode of tic-tac-toe look like you know I, I when i think about the game tic-tac-toe i don't think about a lot of strategy i think about a lot of luck you know i have my certain mm -hmm. strategy maybe go for the corners and avoid avoid the the, the thing that you miss um, but generally speaking, I didn't know that there's that much strategy in it. So I started to play this and I was kind of blown away. I was like, wow, this, this is strategy. I'm getting beat here. I, I'm noticing that this thing is making choices and it's starting to learn about me and figure out where my blind spots are. And I had to kind of step up my game. And then I finally got to the point where it's like, okay, now I can actually beat the computer. Now this is not chess. I'm not beating a chess computer. That's not what this is. This is tic-tac-toe. So there is some level of luck to it. But the question that I'm going to formulate here for you is as follows. How much strategy is in the process of gaining reviews? Because what it looks like for most people is that we're playing tic-tac-toe without a strategy and we're just kind of, we're, we're kind of just having fun here. And the reason, the thing that I, I, the reason why I thought of this idea is because I noticed behind you, there's a weight belt, which I learned, which is for rock, paper, scissors. And it's right. the same thing in that game. How much strategy is in that game? So this is really a question for you about strategy. How do we how do we prioritize strategy so that we can win at rock paper scissors and win like your partner did, win that weight belt, or we can win at tic toe tic tac toe against the computer. Break it down. Talk to me about strategy. Oh, that's one of my favorite things to talk about, actually. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I've spent a lot of time in the rating and review world, right? I mean, I've been doing this now for 13 years, just on the shopper proof side. Um, but before that, you know, I was, I did a lot of, I did a lot in the SEO side. And um, so strategy, especially for us, because we've had to bootstrap, right? We've really had to think outside of the box to how, how to differentiate ourselves because we're up against companies that have had hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital. Um, so for example, like Trustpilot, right? They've had hundred, I think 
it was like 300 million. Yappos um, had hundreds of millions. Like it's it's crazy how much money has been been put into this industry. And then there's us, <laughs> and and we are like the last independent, right? We we are almost like anti VC in a way, just because of how we were built and how we've grown. So strategy is is in every fiber of our being. And we really want the, the way that we've been successful and we've been able to compete head to head with those guys every single day is we give our clients, we pass that strategy on to our clients to give them an advantage. And so um, one of the things that, that we've built, um, one of the tools that we built over time is something we call review destinations. And so I was talking about those open review platforms and one of the one of the problems about them is anyone can leave a review about you and over time those tend to be negative and so that hurts your reputation well a strategy you can use for to overcome that is our system allows you to take a portion of the orders that come in and we redirect those straight to those review platforms because anyone can leave a review there right and so what that allows you to do now is now you can effectively manage your online reputation across all the different review platforms. And it actually normalizes your true reputation online. And so that raises all ships in, right? Like, cause now your reputation is true because you're not manipulating anything. You're taking your customer after they buy from you and you're sending them to a review platform. And so now that creates consistency in your brand across um, any search that your that your potential customers do, because they're going to see that you have, you know, a four point six on Trustpilot and a four point seven on Shopper approved, and the, you know what I mean, like, and a, you're going to have a four point six on the BBB. So that's one that's one strategy you can do. Um, the other thing you can do is. Uh, we became early on, we knew that Google, that being partners with Google was super important, but we had no idea how to become partners with them. So I spent a year finding every single email or contact form that I could into Google to try to get hold of somebody that would allow us to partner with them so we could get our reviews into Google, right? Yeah. And so I finally got a hold of somebody and we were still little at the time. And so I almost had to like make ourselves look bigger than we were. But I mean, I did it ethically, but you know, I just had to put my best foot forward. But anyway, over time, not only did that door open up the ability for us to send seller ratings as a partner, but we also can send product reviews as a partner. And so those reviews show up in your paid ads. So you, sh as a business, a great strategy is to find a review platform that is both a seller rating partner and a product rating partner with Google. There's only a handful of companies that have both. Um, because if you can get those stars in your ads, in your product listing ads and your and your Google seller rating ads, then your click-through rate is going to go way up and your cost per click actually goes down. So let's, let's um, go down for a second. So, sure. so okay, so I'll just kind of tell you how I understand this. So we're on Google, you know, we're searching for a product or a service and the sponsored results appear at the top of the, 
of the results page. And mm -hmm. some of those have the star ratings on it. And then based on that star rating, and then also a review, sort of a review in italics, is that what it looks like? It's just the star rating and the total number of reviews that you okay. have Good. in that ad. Yeah. Oh, got it. So it's the star rating and then the total number of reviews, presumably for the business, right? Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And the yeah. premise is because the end user, because the consumer here can see that this product has been validated and that it has a number of reviews, hopefully a good amount, that the chances of getting the click is higher. And then as a result, the, the cost per click or the cost per acquisition for the advertiser goes down significantly. This makes total sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it for, for your seller rating, for your seller rating ads and for your product ads. And those are specific to that product. So that even adds more trust to the product. And what Google does in Google shopping is they show both. Mm. So you actually see the product star rating and the number of reviews for that product. But also in that same listing, you'll see the seller ratings for that company. Right. So you get this double benefit of, you know, of social proof because um, Google wants you to buy, right? He, they want to make that experience as good, as good as possible for the consumer. So the more trust that you can give Google, the more they're going to leverage it to help you get more customers to buy from you. That makes sense to me. And the great thing about this is that it's, this is the definition of a viral loop because as you start to realize, as the advertiser starts to realize that the cost per click, cost per acquisition is going down, there's a vested interest to get more reviews, which means now let's close the loop. When our customers come do transactions from us, let's go get more reviews from them so that we can fuel and populate our ads so that we can acquire more customers and then ultimately decrease our costs. Like this is, this is right. great. You know, conversion rate goes up, costs go down. What else can someone ask for? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Right, nice, that, that's really great. What's the catch? Time, there right? isn't one. Time. Well, yeah, time, all right, time. You've got to collect the reviews, right? Right. For right. sure. It's like, it's, um, like, it's like with social media. It's like people always say, well, social media is amazing. You can, you can, it's all free. It's all free. You just start putting content out there and it's all free. Why, why do you need to advertise? But what they don't mention, maybe it's obvious, but get ready to spend the next five years of your life chasing the algorithms on every single social network out there which is fun, but it's, it's, it's time. So, um, but right. I, I don't think there's a more valuable place to invest your time than figuring out a, it's not just about the stars. It's also about the feedback. Like I love product X that you made. I love mm -hmm. feature Y that you made. If I keep seeing that I'm going to go invest into it and I'm going to make that even better because that's what people want. Right? So I, I just love the data, you know, talk to me about the data. What, as a as a review oriented company, how can we benefit from from understanding the data? Well, um, you know, like if if you don't collect any any feedback, then you're just up to left up to your own devices, right? Your own ideas and what you think is best. Mm -hmm. And that feedback really just it helps to define who you are as a company. Um, and it just yeah, it gives you so like even like for product reviews, for example, like if you start collecting product reviews, you start to see very quickly what's wrong with your product and what people love about it. And so at that point, when you go to make, you know, an upgraded version of that product, you can take that information 
get rid of, you know, fix the problems and improve the things that they love. So your next version of that product is going to be way better than if you never collected any feedback because you have nothing to base it on. So you can continually to improve your products too. Um, and your company, like if people, you know, have bad experiences with your checkout, for example, like I mentioned before, you can go and fix it versus if you don't get that feedback, you wonder why nobody's buying from you. And you think it's maybe because your website sucks or something, but it, maybe it's just because the credit card field is, you know, incorrectly added to your page. You know, like there's just, there's so many benefits of on the feedback side. It's just constantly having that information come to you so you can see what's happening in your business. Hmm. So good. Such important information. I mean, let's make this a, a PSA here that all business owners, all leaders in any capacity, we need to prioritize getting reviews. We need to prioritize understanding the data so that we can improve our overall experience. And we need to figure out ways to improve our advertisements to decrease our cost per click and increase our conversion rates. And I think that right. Scott, you, you taught us how to do it. How, how can we learn more? Give us a website, give us your social handles. Um, just go to shopperapproved.com. Um, that's the best place to go. Um, you can find us online too. I mean, on social media sites, just put, you know, search shopper approved on any social media site will come up. Uh, yeah. Um, I do have one more strategy real quick that I think businesses could could benefit from if I have a minute. Yes. Now, is this is this rock, paper, scissors, tic-tac-toe, or business growth? Just to clarify. Business growth. Got it. I, um, I think it's important. So I, I just want to share it because I think people miss a huge opportunity and a huge strategy. And it has to do with one-star ratings. Okay. So a lot of people look at, at one-star reviews as just the worst thing in the world and they want to hide it. They want to just pretend it doesn't exist. Report, you can actually... People click report spam. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's actually your best chance to sell somebody. Uh, All you have to do is take care of that, that person and have them leave an updated rating. Yeah. And then that person, not only does, when somebody looks at your one star and you see, they can, you can leave a public comment on that one star too. You can tell them what you did to help that customer, even if the customer doesn't repost with an update. Right. And so we call that turning, turning it into a net positive. Yeah. It's still a one star, but when people go to look at it, which they do, people look at your one stars, whether you like it or not it turns into a net positive and it becomes gold. It's worth a hundred five-star ratings. It's just taking that little extra time, a little personalized, you know, efforts to write a response. And that becomes a huge asset for your business. This is, this is tremendous, tremendous information here. Um, you know, there's, there's some famous stories about this. You know, we call it um, unreasonable or radical customer service where, you know, we take our most disgruntled, customers that put the one-star review in there or that complain about the food at the restaurant or say, I can't stand this business. I regret signing up, whatever it may be. And then you go above and beyond to try to win them back. And that as a result, you have this arc, you know, this before after arc. And if you mm -hmm. can document that arc, sometimes it's in the review. Like I, I initially put a one-star review, but then the company reached out and sent me a new cabinet door. And now I love them because they took care of me. That's something I'm right working on right right now for my garage but um 
it's, it's just amazing how we can we can change that mindset. You know, um, Benihana's they're all about this. They're one of the like they're the brand name of Benihana's is so well known that it's unbelievable mm-hmm. relative to the number of franchises that they have. They have a fraction of the franchises as like a McDonald's or something. This, but but the but the awareness of their brand is extremely high because presumably they they incorporate this whole idea of of unreasonable customer service. And uh, if you go go to a Benihana's and complain and watch what happens, you know, same with Starbucks, complain about your drink and watch what happens. The whole world changes. Everything just gets reset. Like you go back in time and they give you something new or different or a credit. And, and I think that that's such a valuable yeah. lesson, the one, the one star lesson. So Scott, I, I think that that's a great strategy. And I, and I think that I can't, I can't even tell you how many people have asked me, Hey, I have this problem. There's this guy that left me a bad review on Yelp. Do you know how to get it off? And, and you don't, you don't want to get it off. You want to turn that into a net positive. Yeah. It's way more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. It's just changing your mindset on what a, what a one star truly the opportunity that presents to your business rather than. That's great. And the damage it could create. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for the time. Um, you know, hopefully we get some one star reviews here that we can uh, turn into five stars. Kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I wanted to thank you and, uh, I wanted to encourage people to visit your website, shopperapproved.com, connect with you on social channels like LinkedIn and, uh, and just stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to cut this episode up into short form content. Like we always do. Um, we're going to put it on our social channels, dub app or mine, Ruben Dua. And, uh, that way, if you, if you don't have the time to check out the full episode, at least you can, you can check out the micro content. So stay tuned for that. And once again, Scott. Thank you so much. I give you five stars for this podcast. Thanks, man.